Welcome to mini episode number one of the Samuel and Manuel movie podcast. I am one of your hosts, Sam Reimer. And I'm Manny Manuel. Mini episode? What the fuck is this? I know, this is this is new and experimental and exciting, but uh, if you recall in uh, episode 26, Manny, uh, where we reviewed Ozark season one, we promised the fine people Ozark season two in uh, nice digestible bite-sized chunks. So oh. that is the beginning of that promise. This will be just episode one, and we will be doing... Uh, episodes for every single episode of ozark season two so you can obviously listen to those if you wish but of course we are going to be getting into tons of spoilers so if you haven't watched ozark season one or season two or at least uh season two episode one for this one i would encourage you to go do that wow so we're uh we're going to be doing many episodes on every episode following up our episode on season one of ozark which was our longest running episode of all time yeah, two and a half hours long. I'm sure uh, tons of listeners for that one. Do we have the numbers on that, by the way? I do. <laughs> I actually took a peek. Hold on. Give me one sec. Dot, dot, dot. I know, right? Um, it's actually... Oh, what the fuck? If I'm not mistaken, I think we had 12. Yeah, I'm right. 12. Really? Yep. I think I had a couple of friends uh, listen to that, maybe. Shout out to Jordan if you're listening. Nice. Hey, Jordan. <laughs> uh but yeah um should we just jump into episode one fire away my friend you take the lead here okay i'll uh read the plot synopsis here darlene and ash cremate dell's body on the snell's farm marty and jacob send ash to chicago with dell's car and credit cards to establish dell's presence there enabling them to claim he was not in the ozarks without dell there to negotiate marty and the snells meet with helen pierce the navarro cartel's attorney to discuss the casino Marty discusses with State Senator Brock Mercer the possibility of introducing legislation to allow casino construction. Easier for me to say. Um, Mercer (laughs) Wow, I'm really struggling with this. Mercer's apprehensive and tells Marty to go, quote, to the lake house. Marty and Wendy learn this is the home of businessman and political donor Charles Wilkes and meet him there to persuade him to back the legislation. Helen and the birds... Sorry, excuse me. Helen shows the birds video of Ash using Dell's credit card in Chicago. She will overlook Dell's death and Garcia's in exchange for reparations from the Snells, but does not tell Marty what will be satisfactory. At Darlene's insistence, the Snells refuse to offer money, but Jacob understands a life must be paid and kills Ash to save Darlene. Marty and Wendy hide the truth from Charlotte and Jonah, but acknowledge to each other that Ash's death satisfies the Navarros, meaning the casino project is still alive. Now, Manny, uh, any any opening thoughts on this? The first thought they open up <clears throat> with uh, the birds at the at the was that at the lake house? Yeah, it's at the lake house in yes. tux and a nice dress. And I, I won't. I gotta say this: Jason Bateman looks good in a fucking tux. Oh, yeah. I was actually astounded. I was like, holy shit, sir. You look fantastic. Um, It goes on. um, I'm trying to remember exactly one of the scenes that I loved. And again, it just touches on Buddy just being the fucking comedic genius that he is. Um, They're talking about what their plan is as a family. And then Charlotte asks, what's Buddy doing here? And Jason Bateman goes... He's here to uh, help install the uh, security system, and we have to uh, replace the window. And Buddy replies, well, maybe next time I'll leave him a little higher instead of shooting him in the balls. <laughs> uh, 
I fucking died laughing. I actually rewound it like three times so I could listen to that line. It was fucking awesome. And I'm pretty sure... Oh, no. He is... Yeah, Buddy shows up a little bit later when the alarm accidentally goes off. Yeah, that's Um, right. But um, it, again, just sets a nice tone with Buddy. Um, I didn't check. I'm pretty sure all the production, the cinematographer, everything is the same because the film looks... uh, The film. The show looks exactly the same as season one. These guys just step right back into um, step back right into the roles. You can definitely see that the boys have aged a little bit, as uh, as Jonah's definitely probably a good six inches taller, if not more. Yeah, um, puberty's in the middle of hitting him like a like a wall of bricks. Yeah, and the young Langmore boy also grew a lot. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm just looking, uh, by the way, on Wikipedia. It is directed by Jason Bateman, just as episodes 1, 2, 9, and 10 were in season 1. And it's written by Chris Mundy, as was uh, only episode 10, from what I can tell. Um, I was a little surprised at the um, hmm, antagonistic approach that Ruth has right off the bat when it appears that she was more with Marty, um, mm-hmm. possibly because of her father getting out of jail or becoming getting out of jail, um, that she's being forced to choose a side. But it definitely definitely threw me off a little bit because it, it with her actions at the end of season one, it made me feel that she was not going to be an antagonistic force in this season. I highly anticipated that uh, her dad would be, but not her. Um, we'll see where it plays out. Um, but I was kind of surprised at how confrontational she was um, with Marty. Yeah, I think they sort of uh, hit on her desperation for that. Um, I, I don't mind it all that much. I think just by nature of her having taken over as the guardian for her family and her dad still being in prison at the beginning of this episode... And with her having helped Marty in uh, in the previous season with uh, murdering her own kin, um, I think she the combination of her desperation for money and to keep a roof over his fa- her family's head, combined with her, for lack of a better word, entitlement for what she feels like she deserves for saving Marty's life. Mm-hmm. I think the combination of those two factors do a decent job of explaining that for me. I agree it's a little bit jarring just because it is a tonal shift. But yeah, I I felt... I felt satisfied with the explanation they gave anyway. Yeah, we'll see where it plays out. It just kind of, it, it just shocked me a little bit. Um, I wanted to also talk about uh, Darlene burying Dell uh, with Ash at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. I just loved that little conversation that they had where she's just so loving to Ash. And we've just, uh, in the previous episode, witnessed her murder Dell in cold blood and like, Darlene is one of my favorite characters in this show, for real. She's so fucking scary and creepy, and she's such a psychopath. Mm-hmm. I can't help but like her, like her character. But her conversation, which is very loving with Ash, uh, I-, I thought was a good opening to the episode as they're burying Dell. Just the sort of uh, contradiction between her being very loving and motherly to him, and them burying and cremating a body in their own backyard. Uh, I, I thought I loved that contradiction that they played up there, and that scene has a great payoff later in the episode, which of course we'll get to. Yes, um, I love. I'm sorry. Did you say the character's name was Helen Pierce? Uh, I believe so. Yes. Yeah, uh, great character. Um, 
the actress looks familiar. I didn't look her up, um, so I don't know where exactly I know her from. Um, but she is. Do, 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 do. Um, but I really... I'm looking on the cast list and I don't see her, unfortunately. Oh, uh, Janet McKeer. Yeah, I don't recognize the name. Um, but I, I loved her. She definitely comes across like she basically comes across as like Dell. Like she's. Um, I I liked how forward she was. I loved her confidence right off the uh, right off the bat. Um, it was just a it's just a really great character to bring in. I'm excited to see um, where she uh, where she goes with it. Um, Sorry, uh, she's she had a Golden Globe nomination for the White Queen. She was in uh, The Woman in Black. Oh, Maleficent, I recognize her from Jessica Jones. Uh, the Divergent series, Me Before You. No. So, and a decent amount of stuff. Not a whole lot that I've seen, to be completely honest. It's with Jessica you. Jones. Yeah. Jessica Jones, is it? Yeah, that's exactly where it is. <laughs> My mistake. <laughs> Which I also haven't seen, of course. Yeah, it's Jessica Jones. I'm, I'm going through her stuff here. It's Jessica Jones. As soon as, as, soon as uh, I saw that, I'm like, oh yeah, it's, that she plays Jessica Jones' mom. Uh, there's a couple, uh, if I can go back to the scene, uh, when we first see Jonah and you referenced, uh, you know, yeah, he's definitely grown. I like their referencing a little bit more of his and Charlotte's relationship. That's one relationship we didn't really see a whole lot of, uh, in the first season. We didn't see a lot of rapport, um, between Charlotte and Jonah. We saw them argue a couple of times, maybe in the first couple episodes as siblings do. Um, but we didn't really see them connect, which is something we do see them do over some stolen money uh, mm-hmm. in this episode, which is definitely going to be a uh, a ticking time bomb in the season. I'm interested to see where that goes, because um, the birds are, of course, inevitably going to be short, <laughs> and chaos will ensue. Also in that scene, I don't really know if I have a point to make about this. It was just something I wanted to point out. Jonah is laying on a blanket that has whales all over it. And that seems like a uh, pretty clear biblical reference to me. I don't know huh. about you. I didn't catch <laughs> I, it. I don't know if that's going to mean anything symbolically. I don't really know a lot about the story of Jonah and the whale other than someone getting swallowed by a whale. But I don't know. It seems it just seemed like something cool that I should point out. Nice catch. Yeah. <laughs> um, I liked how... Um... I liked how Jason, or sorry, Marty and uh, I can't remember his wife's name. I like how they play. Uh, uh, Wendy. Wendy, thank you. I liked how Marty and Wendy um, have this really great rapport. Um, these two actors just killing it, and how they worked the room and they worked uh, meeting up with that uh, that guy at the lake house. Um, I mean, I'm really going to enjoy uh, seeing where that goes. Um, the um, uh, Trevor Long as Cade Langmore, he's going to be interesting um, to see what he brings. And... Yeah, they're they're definitely um, saving some ammo. I think the writers are because there's immediately some tension um, between the two when they meet for the first time. Yeah, and I like how the first time that uh, him and Marty meet, uh, Marty's wearing a tux. Because in that moment, Marty sort of represents everything that's wrong with sort of the, uh, what does he call himself? An angel investor. Mm -hmm. He he sort of represents everything that's wrong with the upper class. And Cade's a very lower class, uh, southern drawl, convict kind of type. 
and Marty kind of represents everything that he dislikes in that moment wearing the tux. So I thought that was a, a good moment between the two of them and a good uh, a good base to sort of work their conflict out for the rest of the season. Um, I like the efficiency that uh, uh, Miss Pierce, when they find the video or they go to get the video from the gas station attendant, it just reminds me of Dell. Like that's what Dell would do. Like mm-hmm. he tries to be reasonable. The guy's a prick and the guy fucking pays for it with his life. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that scene. I think part of that comes from like everybody's encountered someone like that sitting on the opposite side of a counter from them, just some smug piece of shit. It's not my job type of thing. Yeah. And yeah, I really liked, um, I really liked that scene of her just being, she was quite polite through the entire thing and said, I'm sorry that we couldn't come to an agreement and then, uh, summons her henchmen to do the dirty work and, uh, pump that kid full of lead, which was fucking awesome. (laughs) Uh, then we get back into them pulling over the birds and then, uh, the birds and the Snells meeting. Uh, I didn't see Ash's death coming. Um, oh, you know what we did skip over actually, maybe we can touch on briefly before we get to that is, uh, Marty discovers the money that Rachel stole from him. Oh, he discovers right. that a lot of it's gone. Um, I really hope that they will touch on that a lot more. Yes. Because it just seems like he discovers the money that is gone, and then it it's just him and Wendy trying to figure out how they're going to deal with it. And there's no talk. I would have liked for them to have maybe have done some investigative work, maybe ask around where she might have gone. I would have liked for Marty to maybe have his morals be tested a little bit mm-hmm. and see how far he's willing to go to get this money back. I think that would be an interesting way to go with this plot. I don't know if that's later in the season. I mean, this is only episode one, so we don't know. And Manny and I have only both seen episode one, by the way, of this season. So we really don't know where it's going in that regard. But I really hope they explore that plot line a lot more instead of just going, oh, uh, we're missing a bunch of money. How are we going to deal with it? Yeah, I like that too. I'm I'm excited to see the, Mm -hmm. hmm, the repercussions of Rachel's actions. Yes, Um, absolutely. Um, so anyway, um, if you have nothing else to say about that, I definitely don't. Uh, we can maybe move on to to Ash. Yeah, I uh, I didn't anticipate his death. Um, and and what's shocking is that Jacob's the one that decides it instead of Darlene. Obviously, Darlene doesn't want to kill Ash because of her affection for him, but she, like that's the kind of decision that she would make. And uh, his death is uh, brutal and violent. It was pretty shocking. And shocking. Like, I didn't see it coming. Um, One thing I will say about this whole plot of... uh, uh, I can't remember the character's name. uh, Miss Pierce uh, discovering uh, that she's been lied to by Marty and the Snells. Uh, Unfortunately, I didn't buy it. And I I was actually sort of disappointed with the direction they took in resolving this plot line. Again, I was hoping Dell's death would be a lot bigger of a deal because it should be a really fucking big deal. He's one of the top members of uh, the second biggest cartel in Mexico. And Marty knew about his death and was present for it and helped the Snells cover it up. And then this great new character, uh, whose name I, I unfortunately can't remember Wendy right Pierce. now. Wendy, P- Wendy Pierce. There's two Wendys. <laughs> um, but uh, she 
has established herself as this really uh, cunning, uh, fierce opponent already in this episode. And Marty, Marty should really be considered an enemy to her at this point. But she allows him to negotiate the deal without her oversight uh, for, for reparations for Dell's death. And she still continues to trust him in this scene. Mm-hmm. I really didn't buy that, unfortunately. This was the first moment in this scene, or in this season, or really in this series, where I felt like the writing fell a little bit short in terms of the logic of the characters. Because if Wendy's as smart as we are led to believe, I, I don't see her allowing Marty to, uh, to negotiate this deal. I think Marty's head is on a stake somewhere. Um, if this woman is as fierce as we've, as we've been led to believe. So I was kind of disappointed by that. The Ash death was certainly a great payoff. Um, but yeah, I, I, I didn't like that. Unfortunately, I, I can't disagree with you. I, I, I'm with you on there. Um, that was the weak point uh, of the episode for me. Hopefully things pick up from there. Um, mm-hmm. because I, I like this Wendy Pierce character. Um, she's highly intelligent, she's highly efficient, and she's, she has no problem being ruthless. Um, I guess the only, I guess the only logical thing is that they see that they, Marty was basically dead to rights prior to him getting all this work done in three months, so the cartel does most likely seize him as an asset, because they do need this money laundered, and if he could pull that previous one off in such a short time i guess they're willing to let something slide so they can get this money because they need to have it otherwise like all that cash means nothing to them you know uh they can't if they can't do anything with it if they can't use it they if it can't get laundered then it's all it is is basically it's it's like toilet paper it has no value um but i i agree that 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 was the weak that is the weak part uh hopefully it picks up from there but um Otherwise, it was a pretty good, a pretty good episode. Uh, I don't know. There's, uh, I mean, a couple other little things we could touch on in this episode. A couple smaller plot lines with them uh, trying to negotiate with uh, certain Congress people and uh, trying to get this casino off the ground. I think that uh, plot line will probably gain more momentum as we go along. It's sort of in the early phases right now. Um, I don't know about the logic of them paying fifty thousand dollars for a table at a uh, at a dinner party. Um, we've sort of seen their money troubles, their personal money troubles, because even though they have whatever it is, fifty million dollars from Dell, or I guess from the Navarro cartel, um, even though they have this money, they themselves uh, don't have all that much of it. So, uh, them spending fifty thousand dollars of what I presume is their own money uh, seems just like glossed over uh, it just seemed like we're supposed to accept Wendy just went over Marty's head and said, Hey, I bought us tickets to this dinner for $50,000. Mm. I don't know. I don't know if I'm reading too much into things there. I just saw it as like, they're just, it's just an investment in them. Getting, like if they don't get this casino going, they're dead. So, yeah. you know, I, I don't, I'm going to assume that she didn't use their money. Okay. That she used the cartel's money to get this, to get this because you know, with, without this casino, they're fucked anyways. Mm-hmm. So it, I think they, they just see it as an investment into getting what they want. Because, like, like I said, if they get this casino up and running, the cartel's laughing all the way in the bank. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I guess the only other thing we can maybe talk about is at the dinner itself. 
Um, does anything all that interesting happen? It seems like a, a relatively well-executed plan, but it, it wasn't quite the payoff I wanted from like, the beginning. I do like the bookends uh, of this episode with the beginning of them at the ballroom uh, being unexplained at first, talking about where they'd like to move to. And then uh, later in the episode, them trying to convince this businessman to uh, to allow their casino to come in. Um, I, again, this is episode one, so a lot of these plots are sort of going to be uh, realized more and more. But uh, I I kind of tuned out a little bit, honestly, at that part. I found it quite uninteresting. Yeah, I'm with you. I, this definitely wasn't anywhere near as gripping as episode one of season one. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, you know, we have all of season one to hold on to. Um, I guess from uh, for me, I guess the highlight is just the introduction of Cade Langmore. He's creepy as fuck, cunning as fuck. Um, I I see nothing. Obviously, obviously, I see nothing but trouble from this man. I'm excited and, to see how he fucks everything up and what he's going to bring to the show because he's a, a truly despicable, evil prick. Yeah, and Ruth is going to have to continue to decide because uh, obviously uh, she murdered uh, her dad's brothers, which is honestly another plot line that was sort of uh, glossed over maybe slightly. I think he maybe forgave her a little bit too quickly for that, even though she did have a pretty good explanation. I, but I, actually, I don't think it was glossed over. I liked her explanation. She did have a pretty good explanation, so maybe that maybe that's getting a little bit nitpicky. But yeah, through the rest of the season, uh, she's going to have to... Uh, going to have to explain them uh or or she's going to have to decide rather uh between marty and kate at some point i think and uh if i'm to make a prediction one episode in, i think kate's dead by the end of this season oh a hundred percent yeah hundred percent he doesn't make it through no absolutely not but uh yeah i don't really have anything else to say you want to maybe just uh some final thoughts uh final thoughts it's a decent start uh to the next season um like I said, season episode one of season one was a fantastic episode. Uh, gripping brought you in straight away. Um, this one, not as much. It kind of really banks, obviously banks on you seeing season one. Not that anybody would ever start this at season two, but um, it just kind of really, in my opinion, just kind of plays on your appreciation of the first season to kind of keep you grounded and keep you interested um, so I'm hoping it really kind of picks up because a- as an episode, this this one is definitely weaker. But it sets up some some interesting stuff, uh, like we said with the introduction of Pierce, with Cade now out of jail, uh, and already fucking causing trouble, being a little shit disturber. Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see where it goes because I I think the show's brilliant. So hopefully season two uh, picks it up, or episode yeah. episode two. Uh, picks it up sorry yeah i i would agree with just about everything there i think my main uh source of disappointment um much like infernal affairs uh is that my expectations probably were a little bit too high um i had all these ideas in my head of what i would like to happen with uh dell's death uh being fleshed out a little bit more or with uh you know ruth's dad uh coming to coming to town i had sort of these expectations of them being bigger problems um, and Rachel stealing the money. I had sort of expectations that these were going to be really big central problems to season two. And I had had myself hyped up, <clears throat> excuse me, had myself hyped up for those. And it hasn't really, 
if it is going to go that way, it definitely hasn't shown as far as episode one goes. I agree, especially with Dell's death. So I felt like at the end of season one, we were promised a lot of things by the writers, not, you know, verbally or anything in statements, but just as far as the writing goes, them introducing these little nuggets and leaving these little uh, loose ends is them promising like, hey, but what about this for season two? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, they were sort of glossed over slightly. But that's that's my main complaint. And of course, I'm a total negative Nancy and just love to shit on things that everybody loves um and just take all the fun out of everything but now overall i i was quite happy that you're quite quite correct that the new characters are quite good um i'm excited to see where they go with those plot lines and hey it's it's episode one we got uh we got plenty of time to gain some momentum here we sure do so i guess uh that's it for our first mini episode yeah that was uh that was mini that was quick <laughs> it was i, I did <laughs> Hopefully all of them will be like this, but I can see us, uh, especially in a season finale sort of format, going way over long. But, yeah, uh, definitely. We, That's all right. These, get, these mini we'll episodes are meant to be quick and meant to be digested quickly. Um, when we, uh, when Sam and I both uh, watch another episode, we'll put another one of these up. Yeah, I think we're uh, we're probably we're recording this the same night as our Infernal Affairs episode right now. Episode twenty-seven. Uh, I yeah, I believe. If you and I both have time, which I hope we certainly do, to watch a couple more episodes, we might bang out uh, maybe even two or three more next week. Yeah, probably. Uh, depending on how we feel after uh, after that episode. Yep, for sure. Okay, so um, I guess until next time uh, for the uh, mini episode of the Samuel Manuel Movie Podcast, I'm Manny Manuel. And I'm Sam Reimer. Adios.